No, but um, yeah, so Christmas Eve is next Sunday, so that means you need to get shopping. So if you have not shopped men, if you want to, after services next Sunday, I'll be going out shopping after services. So if you want to come and join me, you can come and join me. We can have a nice, jolly hike to Target and get some good old Joanna Gaines at-home stuff for our wives, right? No, I, I have got uh, probably 90% of, of my wife's shopping done. So I got about another 10% left, so I'll, I'll be going to hopefully this week and finishing that up, which is good for me, because the past two weeks I've gone out on Christmas Eve. So God is good. He helps people in their troubles, right? So, hey, look, Christmas Eve, next Sunday. Can I get the lights on, please? That'd be awesome, because I, all, all I see is two lights, and I think it's Jesus, right? It's like all I see up here, I'm like, Jesus, I'm coming for you. No, but um, so next week we're doing two services. Everyone, everybody say two services. Two services at 9 and 10.30. 9 and 10.30. So if you show up for, you know, the 10 o'clock service, you're early. Okay? You are going to be early for our 10.30 service. So we're doing a 9 o'clock and 10.30 service. is going is to be one hour and five minutes long. So we would love for you to come and bring family, neighbors, co-workers, people you like, people you don't like. Just bring them with you next, next Sunday. We're going to be presenting the gospel. It, it is going to be an incredible time, and we want you to come. We're going to have Christmas cookies. We're going to have pictures with Santa. Not, are, are we having Santa? No pictures with Santa. Santa's bad. We don't believe in Santa. Santa's the devil. I'm just kidding. But we are going to be having pictures, um, family pictures here. So, man, come out. We, we got, um, who's taking, um, Ashley Vanley's taking those for us, and if you've ever seen any of, of her work, she's incredible. So you're going to get great Christmas pictures. It's going to be awesome. So, man, bring the family out, hang out with us. It's going to be a holly jolly time. So after service, we're going to be giving out invite cards to everybody. All right. Everybody's getting invite cards. Everybody here. All right. And you're going to get a pack of 10. So man, invite 10 or more people. You can go on our Facebook page and share that there as well. We would love for you to come and hang out with us. Secondly, New Year's Eve. So that's the Sunday after Christmas Eve. That's the 31st. That's New Year's Eve. We are not going to be having church here on that Sunday morning. Everyone say, oh. All right. So you can sleep in because, look, we have volunteers that come every Sunday at 7 a.m. to set this up for you. Can we just please give it up for all of our volunteers that come here early and set up? And there's nothing more that I would love to do for them as a gift than give them a morning off. You know, because they come in here early and, and get everything set up. This is not easy having church in this theater here, setting up and tearing down kids areas, production area, hospitality areas. And so we've been going hard, like as a church for about 21 weeks now, when you include launch team meetings, services and things like that. So I want to give them a morning off, but I'm not giving them the night off. So, so on New Year's Eve night, we're going to be having a New Year's Eve night of worship on Chris on New Year's Eve. And we're going to be doing and we're going to be doing baptisms and child dedications. So if you've never been baptized or you've never had your child dedicated. We would love to share in that special moment with you on New Year's Eve. So if you want to sign up for either of those, what you can simply do is text 757-755-4759 and just say what you want done. If if you want baptism done, tell us that. Child dedication done, tell us, tell us that. And we'll send you a link to sign uh, we want it to be a special, special time where basically a- as we go into a brand new year, we say, look, we want to be brand new. We want to take the first part and say, God, we dedicate this year 
to 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 you and 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 this is open to everybody so you if you have christian friends or they would love to come hang out with us we're going to be having an, an extended time of worship bring them out it's only going to go until 7 30 so from 6 to 7 30 so if you want to turn up after after the service to to go to to your new year's eve party you're good on that but you ain't gonna turn too far up if you know what i'm saying right you're gonna turn up you're gonna have some fun but you're gonna have too much fun because that wouldn't be good going to church and getting your thing on, then go on and living like a crazy person, right? <laughs> you want to honor God, right? So, so look, 6 to 7.30, New Year's Eve, come and hang out with us. We would love for you to have that. Can we just give God praise for what God's doing here at Lifehouse? We have 10 people already signed up. Actually, 11 people now signed up to be baptized. We've got three children um, signed up to be dedicated. So, man, I'm praying for 35, 40 baptisms, 15 to 20 kids, and just to have an incredible time, man. All right. So today we're in the final part of, of our sermon series, a random Christmas, a random Christmas. Because one thing that I found, Christmas was random. I don't care how you put it. We've prettied it up in this country. When you really look and dive into the, the Christmas story, it is extremely random. Like, we can say that it was God that was behind it, and we believe that. But at the same time, a pregnant, a pregnant virgin, um, you, you got these, 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 these magi coming from, from different places, a star that guided shepherds. You've got the God of all creation and earth not being born in a manger in this little, like, hum, you know, not a hotel. It was just an incredibly random story. But what we see in the Christmas story is that God's, is that God's randomness in that story is typically a microcosm of, of our personal stories. Because we could probably all say our stories in our lives have been extremely random. But in God's plan for Christmas, we also see that God had a plan and a purpose in that complete randomness and what we have seen is that in your story even though it's probably been crazy random and all of of that stuff god has had a plan and purpose for your life the lights went out praise god all right i'm looking at jesus one more time today though the randomness does not stop whenever you think at and actually look at how jesus came about. And I mean, if you think about Jesus, right, it was kind of like a come from nowhere, like on the scene, he came in like a wrecking ball. If you really think about it, and I mean, Jesus had these lowly, he was born in this lowly place, Nazareth. People even said, they said, can anything good come from Nazareth? There wasn't a claim whenever he was born. There wasn't a circus there. There wasn't kings there worshiping him. It was Jesus born in this lowly, lowly place. But then you see in Jesus' life, whenever he gets older, 30 years old, he busts on this scene. And this dude's full of wisdom and power. He's straight teaching, seeing people, seeing people healed. He's saying things like, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the, the, the life. No one goes to heaven except by me. He starts saying these powerful things. And people are like, where did this guy come from? I mean, it was kind of like, even if you would probably look at it, it was like, he was sort of like an, an overnight success, right? You'd be like, where did this guy come from? But really, if you look at the Christmas story, you, you can see it was not some sort of just of overnight success story. Back in the Old Testament, there were over 300 prophecies about 
this guy, Jesus, coming into this world, talking about what he was going to actually do, where he was going to be born, what kind of, of birth he would have. And it was all of these prophecies, seeds that were planted that came, and actually, whenever Jesus happened, it was like all of these prophecies were then fulfilled. So it wasn't some sort of just like of overnight success story. God had a plan that he did in his appointed time. And I think what we see many, many times is we live in a social media world, instantaneous world, where we, if we want something, we go online, order it, and they will even have helicopters bring it to you now. Like Amazon's ruling the world. Like Amazon in, in, in Greek actually means 666. I'm just kidding. Y'all are like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got to watch what I say because some people might actually take me serious. All right, I'm just kidding. That, that, that is to do. But we live in this instant culture, man, where you, you want something and you get it. And sometimes we can get caught up because, dude, there, there are biblical concepts that is hard for us to actually contextualize. And I think one of them is this concept of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. Right, where we think sowing and reaping, I don't think any of us here, like we know what it is, but I don't think any of us here are farmers. Anyone here a farmer? Like you've actually farmed. Like I'm, I'm not talking about you planted a seed in a cup and you watched it grow in class. And, uh, you know, you were, no, I, I, I'm talking about you got like a field. You had to till that ground up. You had to make, you had to water, you actually had to plant seeds. And then you had to water them and you had to do all of that, that, Stuff, but like we can, you know, scripture, it can talk about sowing and reaping, and we can know what it is, but it's hard for us to fit it into our context because none of us here really do it. None of us here are farmers. Really, though, what I see is there are no overnight success stories. There typically is not any like, oh my gosh, how did this happen? It may be to us, it might possibly look like that. But typically, whenever something blows up, you have to say, what in the world happened before that to actually make that happen? A great example would be, I don't know, the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars this year are 9-4, and four, just saying. Heading to the playoffs with, with purpose. The number one defense. A, a thriving quarterback. And everyone's like, where did these Jaguars come from? How did they get to this point where they're 9-4, wrecking teams, beat the Steelers 30-9, to just saying. Beat the Seahawks last week. And it's so easy to say, where did this team come from? Unless you've been following them. Like I have. I've been able to see throughout the past, I don't know, 10 years they've been terrible. That they've been drafting players. That... They, they've needed a couple years to kind of get there. They've been having to go through, I don't know, a couple free agent periods where they've had to sign some brand new players. They've had to have time to actually develop. What they've done is they've sown seeds, and now finally this year they are reaping the fruit of the seeds that they have sown in the, in the ground that they have plowed. And now everyone's like, where'd they come from? How did this happen? Well, I've been watching. They've been sowing. And now this year, baby, we're reaping. And it's called the Super Bowl is what we're going to be reaping, y'all. 
I'm just saying, check it out though. You could say, even say this church. You could be like, where'd this church come from? Like you're 14 weeks old. What, what, what in the, what in the world? But I can tell you this, this church did not just pop up. This church did not just happen. Hundreds of people have put in thousands of hours. Hundreds of people have poured in thousands of dollars. Hundreds of people have been pouring scenes, inviting people for many, many weeks. I can even go back to, I don't, you know, like my life, like what God was doing in me in me from whenever I was a small child to what God has done now. God had been planting seeds and planting seeds and planting seeds. And really, even now, I believe that we are finally starting to see the fruit of what hundreds and thousands of, of, of dollars and people have sown. This didn't just happen. People planted seeds to make this happen. And here, 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 is, what, here is what I know. We can sometimes look at whatever successful things and just be like, man, where did they come from? But here's the deal. The law of sowing and reaping is, ab- is, is absolute. It is an absolute principle that I believe applies to every single area of life. And, and check it. I know we, have, we might have a hard time contextualizing sowing and reaping in this app store world that we live in right right now but we've got to somehow by god's grace understand and see honestly how many of us are byproducts of sowing and reaping good and bad galatians chapter 6 paul is writing to this church and right at the end of his his letter he wants to explain to them this concept of sowing and reaping and so we're going to actually read 6 verses 7 through nine, and, 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 and we're going to walk through this, and then I'm going to tie this in with the Christmas season. Don't, don't worry, okay, because I know some of y'all are like, sowing and reaping, how does this apply to Christmas? I'm going to get there, all right? Galatians chapter six, verse seven through nine says this, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please The spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the appointed time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So basically here we see three quick principles of sowing and reaping that are always true. Now, I very rarely like to use that word always. But with this, but... With this concept here, we can say this is always true. Number, number one, you always reap what you sow. Now, for some of you here, this is a really big encouragement. For some of you here, this is a very stern warning. It could either work two ways for you. It could be a huge encouragement because you know you've been sowing good seed. Some of you here, you know you've been not sowing very good seed. But the truth is, God will not be mocked. And what that simply means is this. If you sow apple seeds, you're going to get apples. You're not going to get oranges. If you sow corn seeds, you're not going to get pears. You're not going to get lawnmowers. You are going to get what you sow. And this is always true. Like I said, some of, some of you here, you've been sowing the right seed, sowing the right stuff, sowing good stuff. Some of you, you've been sowing bad bad stuff and 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 
And Paul said here, God cannot be mocked, essentially saying this. You might not exactly understand what you've been been sowing, or or you have been thinking, well, I can sow some bad seed and God will look over it. But he said, no, 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 no. You, you can't mock God. God has a universal, absolute principle, and that is this. You reap what you sow. Secondly, you always reap more than you sow. Always. If you sow a seed and, and you sow, one, you sow one, one apple seed, you sow that one apple seed, what do you get with that, with that one seed? A tree, which then has more apples. Which then has more seeds. Which then you can plant more trees. And then you can plant, then, then you can get more apples. They got a whole lot more seeds. You see where this is going. Right? Paul says here, look, if you sow to your flesh in the temporary, you reap eternal destruction. Basically saying, you sow to please your flesh and what you want to do right now. And what you sow is, you can have an eternity of doing just that. And God will give you what you are sowing. But he also says here, if you sow to please who? The spirit. If you sow to please God, you will reap eternal life. Meaning this, if you live, if you sow a life here to please God, then, then, then what you'll do is you'll reap a whole life and eternity of being with God. You reap more than you sow. Thirdly, you always reap later than you sow. And this is where some of us can get, as Paul said here, we can get weary. Because sowing and reaping, if you don't get, it's like you got to like throw some seed in the ground. And then you got to play the waiting game. Right? Like you've got to play the waiting game of, you know, I don't know when this is going to actually take root. I don't know when this is going to actually sprout. I don't know when, when, when this is going to actually germinate. So what you've got to do is you've got to say, look, I've got to realize that I'm going to reap later than I sow. And, 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 and that's why Paul said this. He said, let us not become weary in doing good for at the what? Appointed time. You will, you will reap a harvest if you what? Don't give up. And I believe some of, some of you here are there, man. Like some of you are there right now in this place, right here and right now. You feel like you've been sowing good seed for a long time. You've been sowing into, I don't know, people, kids, at your work, at your job. You've been sowing into these places. And you just, you are literally at that point of saying, I'm not ready to snap and start killing everybody. Like I'm done. Like I'm tired of sowing good seeds. I'm tired of doing the right thing when everyone else isn't. I'm tired of being the person of the person of integrity. I'm tired of it. I'm done with it. People need to get what they deserve and I'm going to come out swinging. Right? We can get that way. We got someone that's about ready to do it right now. Praise, praise the Lord. But Paul says here, if you are going to understand sowing and reaping, you've got to understand that when you sow, there's going to be a waiting period. And here's the thing. You never know how long so many times that waiting period is. And that's why he said, look, don't become weary. I mean, we can get weary in doing good. But it says we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You always reap what you sow. You always reap more than you sow. And you always reap 
later than you sow. So what context can we actually put with this? Because there are so many contexts that we can put in, into this here. But I want to specifically put it in the context of, first off, think about this concept in Christmas time. These, these three points. You always reap what you sow. God sowed a son. And what has God reaped? Sons and daughters. John chapter 1, verse, verse 12. To all who believe and to all who, who receive, he gave you the right to become children of God. God sowed one son and has reaped billions of children. God sowed a son 2,000 years ago. And he's still reaping off of what he sowed 2,000 years ago. We can see the concept of sowing and reaping in Christmas. But also this, you know, I always think of people's lives. Like, you see people now, they're following Jesus, loving Jesus. I just think of someone like Mike. Mike now. Come up here, Mike. Mike's single, in case you didn't know. But, you know, we can, we can see, you know, see Mike here and... You know, Mike, Mike is uh, serving Jesus f- most of the time. Um, you know, ho- hopefully, right, you're serving Jesus, loving, 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 loving Jesus. And, uh, you know, we, we can look at Mike and, and, and be like, we can just see what Mike is right now. But we don't, we don't see probably the many, many years that Mike's parents were poured into Mike. And so it seeds into Mike's life. And probably forcing him to go to church when he didn't really want to. Maybe he, maybe he had youth pastors speaking to him, sowing to him. Just, just saying. No, you know, it's, it's like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he had friends counsel him, speaking to him, be there for him whenever he was down, whenever he was going through things. Maybe he had other churches pouring into him. Maybe it was music, Christian music, the possibly worship music, playing on so many different worship teams. Mike plays worship music like five times a week. You know, it's, it's, it's like, but it's like you just, you just think all of this, what we see here, we only see the fruit. We don't see the work, the seeds, the hard work that went into who Mike is and what Mike is doing now. We only see the fruit. But I can tell you right now, there was probably thousands of seeds put in Mike's life from so many different people that now at Lifehouse Church, we get to reap the fruit of what so many other people have sown. A changed life doesn't just happen. Thank you, Mike. Love you, brother. A changed life doesn't just happen. A changed life happens over probably many, many years. Personally, I can, I can even tell you this. Like my mom, when, whenever we would be driving to school, four years old, five years old, I remember her praying over me, God, make John a leader. Now I'd say, stop praying that. I don't want to be a leader. No. But she would pray and we'd sing, what a mighty God we say. You know, we'd be praying, singing that on the, on the way to church, and she'd be praying over me. And she used to pay me to learn Bible verses. So he said, John, I'll give you $5 if you go and learn John 3, 16. I said, where's this Bible at? I'm going to learn this. 
and she'd pay me money to learn scriptures. And I didn't know what she was doing then, but I completely understand what she was doing now. She was trying to get the word of God in me any way she possibly could because she understood the concept of sowing and reaping. She would just pray with me. And then I remember she would make me go to church. I remember one time there was this big revival going on and and crazy stuff happening. I mean, the Holy Spirit's moving, signs and wonders. And and I'm just sitting there like, I want to go home now. And she's like, John, you don't feel any of this? And I'm like, no. And then she started crying. And I was like, I'm sorry, just don't. You know, and, 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 but she, she kept on praying. She kept on sewing. She kept on, she worked at a Christian bookstore. So anytime I wanted any Christians, any, anything, you got it. You want a Christian rap CD? You got it. Like there was nothing that she would not do to ensure that her son was getting seeds sown into him. And I know there were probably many days and many nights when I was being stupid and I was doing my own thing and I was doing what, what I wanted to do that she was probably like, God, when the heck are you going to get a hold of this freaking knucklehead? Because I want to slam his head in the door. He's being so stupid. And uh, trust me, I, I, you know, we've, we've had conversations after this where, you know, she just said, John, I just, I just, I just knew once you were going to get it, you were going to get it. And I, I read, you know, and, and here's the thing. Seeds can lay dormant for years. Know that. You can sow seeds. And, and, and this is also a agricultural thing. You can sow seeds, and they can actually lay dormant for hundreds, even thousands of years. Until what? The right conditions. And my mom sowed seeds into my life. And do you know what conditions happened that actually made all of those seeds inside of me germinate? I was 15 years old, and my girlfriend told me she was pregnant. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) The first thing I did, I went to go and look for a Bible. I'm not even kidding. I was like, I need a, like, I need, I I don't know what it was, but that right there, I scared me, scared the living mess out of me. Just, I don't know what it was, but it was the conditions of that happening. That, that inside of my spirit, inside of my heart, all those hundreds of thousands of seeds that she planted into me. That she was like, that, that it was like all of those things clicked. And then I was like, I got to break this relationship off. She wasn't pregnant. It was a false scare. But this was when I was like, there's got to be something inside of me that's got to change. So I said, I'm going to break this relationship off. I said, I don't know. I, I'm going to go to church. <laughs> I'm going to go to church. And I went to church and, and I remember it was. I had all these preconceived notions of what church was and, and kind of like how church worked and all that, that stuff. But, dude, I went in, and it was such a welcoming atmosphere. It, w- it was not judging. The people were actually nice, and they, they, and, and they said, hey, do you want to sit with us? The music was actually decent. And the pastor preaching, I don't even think it was that great of a sermon, but the Holy Spirit had been working on me for 14 years. 15 years until that very moment that I was in that building, all of those seeds that my mom and many other people had planted in me when the pastor gave the altar call on that, on that specific night, I knew that I was going all in with Jesus. I went 
And literally, ever since that day, I haven't been perfect, but I can tell you this. My life has never been the same. And let me tell you this. If you are in this building and you are serving Jesus, you are the byproduct of probably hundreds and thousands of seeds that possibly parents, coworkers, friends have sown into you. And you are now simply sitting in this, in this building bearing fruit of what someone else sowed into your life. But check it out. There are hundreds and thousands of more of those people in this city just like you and just like me that are waiting to have seeds sown and waiting to have some seed thrown on them. And do you know what the, the thing is? Is Whenever that happens, you've got to understand something. You always reap what you sow. God's word does not come back void. The gospel works. Jesus will save people. Two, you always reap more than you sow. What I always see, whenever one person in, in a family gets saved, typically the people in that family end up getting saved too. You always reap more than you sow. Thirdly, you always reap later than you sow. Some people take 5, 10, 15, 20 years until they actually start to understand and follow this whole Jesus thing. Although they've been in church, they've heard it all. So the, here's the encouragement in this. You probably have people in your life right now that you want to see come to know Christ. A family member, a coworker, somebody close to you, n- neighbors, friends. You want to see them come to know Christ. And you are possibly frustrated saying, man, why aren't, why aren't we know, you know, I've been witnessing. I've been doing all of this stuff, and I just don't understand why they're not serving God yet. Doing all that I can. Let, listen, your job isn't to save. No, your job isn't to save anybody. Your job is to sow. 1 Corinthians 3, in, in, in this church, you got these, these, these people in this church bickering over, Paul is my pastor. Apollo is my pastor. And, and they're just like having this fight over who is their pastor. And it's like Paul writes to them. He says this in 1 Corinthians 3. I probably should have turned there so I could actually have it and just read it. But I didn't. So I'm going to stall by just talking. Okay, great. Got it now. All right. First, first Corinthians 3. Paul said, what after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Do you get that? You know what it ultimately says? Your job is to sow. Your job is to be water. Your job is to be seed. And then do you know what you do after, after that? You let God do what only God can do, and you do what, what only you, you do what only you can do, and that is sow, and let God be the one that brings the growth. So, look, I know you've got people in your life right, right now, and possibly you say, I don't really have anyone in my life that I want to know Christ. Then I would ask you, if you don't know any unsaved people, that ain't good. I'll just be honest with you. Because Jesus did not come to earth and just hang with nice people. Jesus did not come to earth and just be like, I'm going to just surround myself with all good boys. No, he surrounded himself with, with tax collectors and sinners. Why? Because he said this, I came to seek and save the lost. And his mission is our mission. 
And so we cannot get so caught up in our Christian bubbles with, with, with just as the world goes to hell and we're just in our Christian bubbles holding on until Jesus comes a second time or we die. Individually and corporately, we need to, to be people that say we are here to seek and save people that don't know Christ. And do you know how we, we do that? We sow seed. We sow seed. We sow seed. What, what could that be? A simple church invite. Hey, what are you doing on Christmas Eve? Nothing. Well, I'm going to pick you up, buy you Starbucks. You're going to come with me. I'm going to buy you lunch af- afterwards, and we're going to have church. I. Right? It's, it's, it's something where, look, we, we, you know, invest. Maybe you need to buy them coffee. Maybe you need to buy them something. Because here's the What is the price of a soul? That's why, man, church-wise, we put hundreds of dollars in, in, into what? Facebook marketing. I can't tell you how many people have come to this church or seen our church by a simple Facebook. And by Facebook now is, is basically door-to-door marketing. Where it's we, but we don't have to go door-to-door. Isn't that awesome? Thank God, because that's, that's just weird. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> no, but it's the deal, man. Worship team, you can come. Or I don't care, Mike, someone, y'all can come back up. Check it. Okay, or just Jesus put the music on. Awesome. But here's the thing. I, my, my hope for you is that, number one, you would gain a heart for people that don't know Christ. Because that is God's passion. We see that scripture-wise. We see Jesus left the 99 righteous people to go after what? The one lost person. The prodigal son. The parable of the prodigal son. You got the son who's far off. His father gave him his incredible inheritance. And then he went off and blew it off in wild in wild living, scripture says. And he, he doesn't want to go back to his dad because he knows what he did. And he's shameful and he feels guilt. And he feels just, why would dad ever accept me? But he finally says, I'm, I need to humble myself and go back. I don't care if he tells me to go and feed the, I don't care what, I, I just need my dad back. And what happens? He, he goes back. Scripture says this. He sees his son far off. And what does the dad do? He runs after him. He doesn't wait for him to come in and just, oh, dad, I'm so terrible. I'm so bad. He says, no, I'm going to run after him. And then it says he gave him a hug. He threw him a huge party. Why? Because he said the whole reason and purpose is my son is home. My son is home. And then it says when one sinner repents, heaven rejoices. As a church, we got to understand what it's all about. It's not about just having church in this building. It's not about checking off a box and saying, I went to church this week. It's us joining Jesus and his mission to see every person on the peninsula come and know and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let's be honest, there are some seasons in church calendar that, that are just more prime. And do you know what, yeah, do you know what seasons those, those are? Christmas and Easter. Like you got people, they call them Christers. Christmas and Easter, they go to church. It's all they, they, they do, they know. And so this could be a prime opportunity. Maybe next, next Sunday, we got two services going on. And it could be the perfect opportunity, maybe even sewing into some, somebody. And it could be the perfect season to you for you to say, hey, I'm bringing you to church with me next week. Not, hey, do you want to go? Hey, I'm bringing you with, with me next week. 
maybe there are people that you want to come to know Christ, but maybe you don't feel like you're kind of, you know, at that comfort level yet with them. Well, what I want to tell you to do is start sowing. Start, start sowing. Start, start having conversations with them. Maybe invite them to church. Maybe, maybe send them a scripture verse. Let the Holy Spirit lead you because there's not one way to actually do this, y'all. Let the Holy Spirit lead you on how to sow the right seed. Because you, you, you always reap what you sow. You always reap more than you sow. And you always reap later than you. So I got people right, right now that I'm working on. And I pray that you've got people that you are working on as well and praying for them and being like, God, I want them to know you. I want them to know hope. I want them to know truth. I want them to know love. I want them to know grace. I want them to know who you are. But, but what I found is, is that if we don't have a burden, we, we won't act. And as a church, my prayer is that we would have a deep-rooted, deep-hearted burden inside of our spirits and inside of our heart for people to not just think about them, but actually bring bring them. So look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do something that I, that I even feel awkward with, and we're going to be quiet. And I just want you to think of maybe three to five people that are in your friends, your family, or whatever, that you would be bold enough to invite them and bring them next Sunday to Lifehouse. We're, we're going to present the gospel. It's going to be an incredible presentation. I mean, people are going to know the true meaning of the Christmas season when, when, whenever they walk out here. But maybe you could sow into them and, and bring them and let God maybe do what only God can do. You never know what the Holy Spirit's doing, y'all. He's working. He is moving even when we don't feel it or see it. So this morning, we're just, just going to be quiet. That's what you think about three to five people that you could invite, maybe that you could even pray for right, right now. Lord, right, right now, we just, um, we just want to pause, God, and God, you know each person's heart. You know where everyone's at. You know each life that they want to see come to know you. So, Father, I just pray right now that you'd give them wisdom. You'd open up doors. You'd open up op- opportunities. And Father, we know your heart is people. Your heart is to see people come to know you. So, God, I pray first off for us, God, that we'd have a burden for what is a burden to you and that is people so God if there's anyone in this in this place here today that struggles with with wanting to see people know Christ and, and, and that God wants God I pray that you give them that burden in our spirits and in our hearts and we pray for every person on every person's mind in this place God draw them God when they step out and they invite 
would they attend? God, prepare their hearts even now. Because God, we know this. We reap what, what we sow. We reap more than we sow, and we'll reap later than we sow. We ask you to start the process in hundreds of people's lives that are being thought about in this place right, right, Lord God, right now. And God, we, we know this, that ultimately your word will not come back void. What you say, it will happen. Maybe not in our timing. Maybe not the way that we absolutely think. But God, we're going to trust you and believe and know that God, you love people and you want to use your church to be the hands and feet and show people who you are. So God, give us the grace to be bold and inviting. Give us the grace to live it, not just talk about Jesus, but, but to actually live it. And God, we trust and know that you are a man of your word. You're a God of your word, and we can trust you. Lifehouse, can we just stand up? We're just going to sing quietly here. We're not going to go crazy. We're going to end. Before we do that really quick, every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you're here today. Maybe up to this moment, people have been sowing into your life. Maybe for this very moment. You'd say, John, I've never given my life to Jesus Christ. I've never made, I've never crossed the line of faith and said, Jesus is my Lord. Well, today you can do that. With every head bowed, every eye closed, this is between you and God. If you would say, John, I want to give my life to Christ today. I feel like what's happened in my life up to this point has really put me to this moment right here and right now. You'd say, John, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want you to say with you, I'm going to count to three. After I do that, take your hand, put it up, and you can put it right back down. Ready? One, two, three. Anyone here? Anyone here? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank thank you, sir. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? This is what we're going to do. We're going to take a few moments right now, and we're just going to pray with those that raised their hand today to receive Christ for the very first time. So what we're going to do, all of us here, we're going to join in. If you would, simply pray after me. And we're going to pray with those that are receiving Christ today for the first time. Isn't that awesome, Lifehouse? Can we just give it up for all those that raise our hand today for the first time? Everybody pray this here. Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for dying on the cross in my place and for my sin. I give you my life. Take it. Change me. Mold me. Shape me. Help me to be more like you. I commit my life to you, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, come on, one more time, my pals. Can we give it up for all those that raised their hand today and accepted Jesus for the very first time? Listen up. If you did that today, if you please would, we want to, we want to help you on this journey. Because following Christ, this is just the beginning. So if you please would, right after.